this is the stuff of life, what we are doing here in this church. I went from feeling like a criminal participating with an illicit substance before becoming a sanctuary member. But now when I'm participating, it feels sacred. I feel safe. It feels right. It feels like it is my right. It's developing a whole other relationship with this medicine uh, that I wish for humanity. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Derek, welcome to Psilocybin Says. Thank you. Good to be here. You just said something in the kitchen that I wanted to bring up right off the bat, and that was food is medicine. Mm. And I've often thought about psychedelics in a similar way, right? Mushrooms are mainly a food source. That's how many people even come to know about psychedelic mushrooms is through some exposure to medicinal or culinary mushrooms. Uh, At least in the past, psychedelic mushrooms have become so commonly talked about or known now that it's just like it's everyday. People say mushrooms and they think psychedelics. Uh, But maybe you could just give our listeners a little bit of your background, why that was even part of our conversation downstairs, and then we can get into the sacred side of mushrooms. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trained as a naturopathic doctor, went through a four-year accredited uh, school for that, uh, medical school, if you will, different kind of medical school, and a big part of our education there is nutrition. In, in the naturopathic medical field, we see nutrition as a form of medicine, as a form of, I mean, on the far end, a form of poison. You know, it can mm. it can make us healthy. It can also make us really sick. When you have you know the the highest causes of the leading causes of death in this country are lifestyle related cancer and heart disease, mm. and we know that nutrition plays a big role in contributing to them, and it also plays a big role into treating them. So naturally, it's a major part of our curriculum. You know, there's multiple courses on it, um, continuing education on it all the time, and so. You know, to just give somebody a pharmaceutical drug and not address their, their what they're taking and putting into their body every day is a huge disservice. Um, you know, going into medical school, I knew the idea. I think everybody's familiar with the idea, you are what you eat. Mm. But when you really dig into the physiology of a body, you start to go, holy smokes. Like, you, you really quite literally mm-hmm. are breaking these things down and incorporating them. Or on the other side, you're burdening your, your systems, your, your liver, your... Um, your si- roots of elimination, you know, your digestive tract, if you will. The GI is one that gets attacked a lot by poor nutrition, but you're burdening these systems, which leads to dysfunction, which leads to disease, chronic disease, and just kind of snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm tying that, you know, no, do you want perfect. me to tie that into the, into the, into the no, mushroom? Okay. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I would suppose that, you know, a fair amount about the nutritional value of various medicinal and culinary mushrooms. And if, even if you want to speak to that, please feel free because it's not something that we've actually talked about directly on this podcast and it is yeah. of enormous value. I ju- the first one that comes to mind is uh, I actually had Paul Stamets came and spoke at our school. He's, mm. he's just North. Who's I, that? Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> you almost had me for a second. Uh, so we're in, I went to school in Portland at, at the national college of, it was then called national college of natural medicine. Now it's called national university of natural medicine. They've changed since then, but we're just, you know, a couple hours drive from where he is. So he came down and spoke 
when I was in the middle of that program, it, it also happens that he was the, um, the, the what do you call it? The keynote speaker at our, our graduation, which is oh, pretty really? cool. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a, a neat thing. But something that I took away from that talk that really still stuck with me was he talked about the vitamin D content mm-hmm. of mushrooms. And you're mm-hmm. probably aware of this, but I think a lot of people are not, right. especially people who wild harvest um, m- mushrooms from, from nature. If you, if you let them dry with the gills up and I'm, yeah, 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 and it, sun, it, yeah. I think I can't remember the exact amount, but it, it is like drastically yeah. different. It varies by D. species. Different species have different conversion rates or absorption rates. I guess it is because it's, is it, I, that's what I don't know if it's purely a conversion into vitamin D or if it's also an absorption of, of sun because it's if you dry them in the sun, gills up is how you get the most vitamin D yeah. into the mushrooms. That's a good question. He didn't allow or he may have elaborated that. And I don't mm-hmm. remember. But I mean, the, the takeaway is, you know, if you're eating these things, food, going back to our initial conversation, which is food is medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, you can either go, you know, take a, a supplement that you paid for with vitamin D, or if you're if you're eating mushrooms anyway, dry them the right way. Like, let's respect nature's processes mm-hmm. and get your vitamin D in that way. I mean, besides from walking around with your shirt off when you're working out and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you're doing work in the yard and getting it through our own body's system. But if you if you do need to eat it, what's cool about mushrooms is usually when we're eating them is in the fall. That's when we're not getting as much natural hmm. D, you know, that's getting darker. We're not, I'm not out with my shirt off in the fall. It's damn yeah. cold where I'm at in the fall. So it's like, oh, here's nature's vitamin D supplement. It's one way to think about it. And then it. if you're drying them, you're storing them possibly even for winter. Right. Right. And so that's interesting. Why aren't we studying that more? That's so that so we can, we can see like, that. oh, because, you know, I, I've heard the, the, somebody, one of my colleagues told me, and I don't you know, know if this is true, but I could see how it could be. Uh, be be worth looking into that be, in in Oregon where we're located in the months from uh, let me think about this from October to March that that it's such that you the sun is such that you can't really generate adequate D even if you're out outside you know naked all day long okay whatever if you're at a nudist colony you're, right. you're really not even getting that much D <laughs> not that you'd want to be it's you know it's pretty damn cold vitamin D y- yes you yes but, well technically <laughs> hormone D that's a misnomer we call it vitamin D it's, oh really it's really a hormone which really does a massive disservice to it, I think, you know, because vitamin it, D it, is actually a hormone it's a hormone. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that right there, I feel like we could change that. And, and really, everybody's talking about the importance of vitamin D right now. I'm doing that in quotation marks. Uh-huh. But it's like if we actually help people realize, no, this is actually a hormone. Wow. It might solidify how important this thing is. I, I don't know why it we still call immediately it immediately changes it in my mind. Right. Immediately. When I heard that in medical school, I was like, cool, let's change it then. <laughs> Nobody talks about it. So. Now you know that, though. Um, so oh, we can treat the it as misinformation a, is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So hormone D. Um, where were we with that? Though we were talking about oh, mushrooms in the time of year. Yeah. Okay. So from from October to March, she mm-hmm. was making the, the 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 argument that you can't really make enough anyway. Mm-hmm. That you need to supplement. And I I went to thinking and I was like, what did human? You know, humans have been around eighty thousand years, roughly. Mm-hmm. We believe. What the heck were humans doing? I like, like. How do we, before supplements, how did we stay D, you know, <laughs> in the D positive range or in the hormone D um, positive range? Well, one answer is they were outside a hell of a lot more right, than we are now. Right. But the other one was they were eating a far diverse range of foods, far mm-hmm. more diverse mm-hmm. than, you know, everyone talks about how glorious a grocery store is. You can get oranges year round. And mm. it's like, yeah, but there's only really a small fraction of the vegetables that we, and, and fungi, especially fungi, right. that humans have, have eaten for centuries and right. millennia. So I, I guess where I'm going with this is I'm, I'm wondering, I'm putting it out there as a theory, like I wonder if, if um, they were actually supplementing it 
in this way. Makes sense. I mean, even, you know, turkey tail is a non-edible medicinal tea mushroom. And in various shamanic cultures, they have found um, shaman buried with satchels of turkey tail. And so that's something that you would definitely make a tea out of year long. It's harvested usually in the winter or in the fall, late fall is when it's ready for harvest. Did they know like this is why it has medicinal value who knows it speaks yeah. a lot to what we were talking about last night or you you brought up in conversation the um how did you term it natural knowledge or native native knowledge mm. uh of just kind of intuiting yeah. what's good for the body yeah i don't i don't have a good name for that i guess i'm kind of developing my own way of thinking about this but it, it does seem like the thing that I th- if, if i'm referring to what we were talking about correctly we were we were discussing how before I mean, science is amazing, and it's a, it's an in its infancy. It's mm-hmm. this new mm-hmm. thing in in our relationship with humans, and before we had this structured hypothesis and and testing and retesting and, and seeing if we could confirm results and uh, double blind placebo controlled studies. Before all of that, you know, we just we had very close observation, paying attention in probably spiritual ways, intuitive ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we know now that so many indigenous cultures knew things that we had to later through either telescopes or testing had to reconfirm like oh wow that is true like how, how right. did they know that and i know you know that but it, it i do i do think it'd be cool to come up with a term that kind of explores that and then and really dig into like how much did these cultures have awareness of these things and it makes me wonder did did they know how like obviously if we're finding the you know this body that you, t- you just told me about with the turkey tails they knew there was some value to it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh and I, I i do think our modern culture would really really benefit by not just looking forward with science but looking backwards and, and going yes what are other ways of knowing um it, but it's it's hard it does it's not compatible with science right it's, it's not measurable or um, necessarily uh, it might be difficult to repeat or difficult to study a lot of these these things. Um, yeah, that's a big that's a big thing. And mm-hmm. what's considered alternative medicine uh, is is that. Mm. And did psychedelics play a role in that intuitive knowledge? Right. You know, for me, I had an experience actually with turkey tail years ago. I had not made any turkey tail tea for a long time. I always knew that I just loved the tea, right? But I just kind of fell off of making it and did a mushroom trip. Before the mushroom trip, I was like, oh, I found some turkey tail in the freezer. I'm going to make some turkey tail tea. So I made some tea for during the mushroom trip, got into mushrooms, got way out there, and then remembered, oh, my turkey tail tea, I need water. and went and got my tur- the turkey tail tea. And when I drank it, I could feel my body almost rejoicing hmm. because of not the taste, but because of how it felt as it, it, what felt like it was going out into my cells mm. and it was, so, it was such a powerful kind of intuitive experience that this is why Turkey tail has been such a powerful medicine because you can feel its impact on your yeah. body. Wow. That is an awesome example. And there's so many different things like that. I mean, you know, to, to, as we've talked a little bit about using psilocybin as a tool, not just to explore your own psyche and your own spirituality, but to explore the outer world and to gain an understanding of the nature of nature. The things that I've learned about dogs, like watching dogs assist in processing trauma with mm. people in mushroom space, mm-hmm. 
I I can't I can't I can never look at a dog the same. It mm-hmm. is a it is it forms a much different function than we think mm-hmm. at a service level. So anyway, so horses too. Are horses, oh mind. god, yeah. At my ayahuasca trip, a horse came over while I was under the influence of ayahuasca. Uh, I felt I felt that heart. You know, ho- horses mm-hmm. have this huge like 10x electromagnetic field of humans around the heart and I mean it was 20 or 30 feet away from me and I just feel its eyes and feel it's just it's field yeah so powerful yeah that was a prime what you just gave there the turkey tail example is it's a prime example of that kind of knowledge Mm -hmm. that that English language doesn't even have a good name for we have to Mm -hmm. kind of make it up and 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 the reason I guess I want to call attention or highlight that and maybe develop a term for that and start exploring that is it yes native or indigenous people had that Mm -hmm. doesn't like we can have it too yes you know like we can start to cultivate that and i think part of why i love psilocybin why i love the mushroom is it helps me in that cultivation process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that example you gave is exactly like things that i've experienced with this Mm -hmm. or i've reached for something that i thought would be nourishing and i'm like oh (laughs) nope the mushroom's like no (laughs) that's not serving you right now so what I want to touch on right now is this idea of, of like a deeper truth that the mushroom sometimes helps mm-hmm. to highlight. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of, that was the example you gave after you talked about turkey tail. And there'll be times where I'll, I'll be, you know, enjoying some cannabis and, and the, that experience and I'll, and I'll feel like a truth came to me mm-hmm. and it'll feel so true in that moment. And then, you know, maybe later on the next day or whatever, I'll be like, oh my God, that was the most ridiculous thing that that is not <laughs> accurate at all like what my, my mind was like trying to convince me of something that felt so untrue not always but sometimes it's totally different for me at least when i'm participating in psilocybin with, with mm, the mushroom yes and that truth hits yeah it it will stay it will remain yeah. true so like that that truth that you felt about the turkey tail being nourishing for you it, it's like it will only be it'll it'll still feel true later on when when i you know the, the, the influence has worn off mm-hmm. and it will re- remain true in my own personal experience with, with the, the thing kind of feeds into the, the discussion we were having yesterday again around uh, the terminology for psilocybin being under the influence of psilocybin, right? Very often uh, you, you, you said something like when people are sober again, we are just kind of talking about the, the experience and, and then you caught yourself like, yeah, I can't really say that. And I have so many times experienced working with people where they said to me, I am more sober now than I am normally. Like while they were on my yes. show, they said, I'm yes. more sober now than my normal consciousness. And yeah. so the clarity that can come with psilocybin is so profound and so deep, whereas cannabis generally creates uh, a fair amount of confusion, I feel like. Uh, there's a lot of questions that come up and, and there's value there to question things, but it doesn't, it's never for me been presented the absolute truths no. that psilocybin can. No, just in that moment, it'll, it'll convince me in that moment that yeah. that's, yeah. I just discovered how yeah. the solar system works. And then the <laughs> next day I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, that was, yeah, no. that was ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That I, I immediately, as soon as I, I said that word sober um, in, in, in the reference of not being under the influence of the mushroom, I was like, that does not feel right at all. Cause I couldn't agree more. The, the times where I feel kind of the most pure are when I'm in that space, mm-hmm. in that mushroom space. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't know, maybe I would love to hear your, your take on this. It strips away so many distractions, mm-hmm. so many things mm-hmm. that, that my, 
whether it be my ego or the, the mental faculty, um, the executive function of my brain, it, you know, puts in the four uh, in my everyday life. And it's like, you, you need to worry about this. You need to address this. You need to do this. Mm. All the shoulds that we mm. put upon ourselves and in everyday life, the, the mushroom space is such an incredible space because it, it strips that away. And I feel brought back to closer to probably how humans lived before this modern, mm-hmm. incredibly complex well, I, I feel more animal again, maybe mm-hmm. like you, you, mm-hmm. you observe animals in nature. I observe animals in nature and I see like what a, you know, they're not free from anxiety. You know, the squirrels run around looking up to see if a hawk's going to come down and pick it up and, mm-hmm. and what a terrifying fate that mm-hmm. would be. Uh, so it's not like they're in bliss, but there's just this simple operation there, this mm-hmm. pureness to them that we humans, I feel like we've heaped a whole bunch of layers of complexity on oh god it. yeah just strips that away yeah absolutely um it's a, it's a beautiful space to be in and i think that's that's the sacred space right it takes away all the distractions it takes away all the preconceived ideas of what everything means and all the the, the societal norms that we have that have been put onto us through generations and generations of misunderstanding and misinformation and gets us back to the rawness of being. I like, I like thinking of it in terms of almost the animal self, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the truest realest self without all of the constructs. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with mushrooms in terms of a sacred food, if you will? Mm maybe the best place to start is just with my very first experience sure. with mushrooms, kind of a naive, I want to say 20, 19, 20, maybe somewhere around there. And just really naive in this phase of my life, you know, the twenties are for kind of finding yourself. So they say, and I definitely was fully embracing that. Like, <laughs> all right, well let's try stuff. Let's see how this goes. And a friend was like, Hey, I've got some mushrooms. Would you like to try this? And I was like, is it going to kill me? Are you sure those aren't the, the deadly ones? You know, once we figured that out, it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll try them. <laughs> And I think I, my bar of expectation at that point was nothing more than like, oh, this will be fun. This will kind of be like, I, by that point I had tried cannabis, alcohol, and it was like, oh, this will be a fun little escape from reality, mm. right? So this was your, your before LSD or anything was your first psychedelic? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, just never, never, yeah, definitely first psychedelic. Okay. One yeah. quick question before you go on. Yeah. Did you, did you think that mushrooms were poisonous? What, what? What did you understand their effect arising from? Oh gosh, I had no idea. And okay, yeah, and I I was just worried, like, you know, how do I know that you got this from somebody who knew what they were doing? This right. isn't going to be a a little little brown mushroom that kills me. Right? How do you know this is the right one? Was kind of the thing. And he was like, "Trust me, I I've already had some of this batch already." Like, I mean, still, there's still a little bit of a trust there because it's like, well, mm-hmm. maybe the one that got him <laughs> is the one you didn't <laughs> yeah. take. You know, I, but I've always been, you know, kind of cautious and self-preservation and, and that. But in terms of your question, like I, I had, I had no idea. I was just very, like I said, very naive, mm-hmm. but I, I was like, I think I could probably learn something about myself if it is. At the okay. very least we'll have a good night, you okay. know? And we, we went out and had it and we were on a college campus and, um, we were immediately, I was like, we need to get into nature. Like, I do not want to be around people who are not on the same wavelength. Like, let's mm-hmm. go explore outside we found this giant, I think it was a cedar or a sequoia. It might've been a sequoia. Mm. It was just a giant tree and it's tree branches. It's branches were kind of swooping down to the ground. 
kind of along the trunk and then sw- kind of swayed out mm. and we went under this tree and I, th- I swear we spent like four hours under this mm. tree just being held by this tree mm. like a grounding rod into nature and it was like okay this is like nothing i've ever experienced i feel so up, up until that point in my life you know humans top of the food chain we're better than everybody we've got we're smarter than everything we've got it all figured out and got you know, it wouldn't want to be, it wouldn't want to be less than human. Sorry for all you creatures <laughs> under us. All of that was like in one night, it was like wiped away. This mm. tree was just like my mother. And it, mm. it was, I was part of the planet and we were on this equal playing field and all life. We were just, oh man, the oneness of it was, mm. but it was very much an earthly oneness. I hadn't gotten into the spiritual realm yet that mm. I go to now with, psilocybin which is like this oneness of of all energy all life mm. all of the multiverse all coming from this this source this singular mm. source and we're all experiencing itself in this multitude of of ways but um you know i don't know exactly where i'm going with that other than just this this the delusion of the self was stripped away and it was like felt connected to everything and i think since that moment i i will lose sight of that in my humanness in this modern world and you know adulthood is is no easy thing and mm. parenthood is, is adds even more struggle to that and work and 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 strife and that it, it buries that and, yeah. it, and it's like oh yeah i'm more than just derek in this skin like i am part of this massive thing and i love coming back to that space kind of recentering on that space yeah share a little bit more about your journey with mushrooms from yeah. there to here you told me before that you took a break yeah for I, a while i honestly don't know why i did so i I, <laughs> I i i'm kind of kicking myself like why did you ever stop so that was my first time at probably 19 20 years old and then it wasn't easy they weren't super easy to come by you know cannabis mm-hmm. and alcohol are the the drugs of, of college and mm-hmm. and i'm probably heavier drugs but i never got into that and you know, whenever they came my way, it was like, hell yes, I am. I am in. Mm-hmm. If somebody offered them to me, it was like, yeah, let's go do it. And every time I did, it was with a trusted group of, of close friends and, and out into nature. So my next mm-hmm. one was like up at the top of a mountain and oh, yeah. it was epic because the weather changed every 15 minutes yeah. out there. It went from being sunny to we're, now we're in a cloud right to now we're in a blizzard it was just phenomenal just walking around the top of this peak on the coastal range there and so that was that was episode two and then episode three was (laughs) we went to the coastal um to the oregon coast and just meandered along this beach and we were the only ones there and Mm. it was just each one was such a different world you know this tree this Mm. mountaintop this beach and it was like the most fun experiences definitely the most spiritual the most bonding experiences the Mm. people who i did that with Mm -hmm. i felt forever bonded to Mm -hmm. uh and I, you know, you asked me why, you know, why did you stop? I don't know why. And I think part of me has really craved doing it. Um, and so, so, okay. So I stopped basically when I graduated college, you know, put on my big boy hat and went out into the world and tried to become an upstanding adult and responsible and making money and, um, the American dream and all that. And, mm-hmm. um, fast forward to, you know, getting getting married, having kids. Did you consciously think at any point like mushrooms are child's play? I'm 
too old for that yeah, or did I'm they just kind of like not show up and I'm trying to think back I, I honestly think if somebody had presented it to me like hey I've got some great mushrooms you're like I would have been like yes let's do this I mean but I was thinking in the PNW there there would have been mushrooms like around I was walking on them probably yeah. I mean that's the saddest <laughs> yeah. part I mean because we spent a lot of time out in the forest yeah. with our kids and you know at the beach we love going to the beach and they, they As grow around, right there yeah. you know uh yeah the, I really can't answer that and okay. I and I now that I'm I'm getting back into them again in my life i'm like why did i take that hiatus mm. and, and i can't help but think again it comes back to that those layers of distraction that i was talking mm. about earlier is like it gets heaped up on us and feeds into this delusion that we are this individual mm-hmm. entity that mm-hmm. look out for me i got to take care of me and mine and there's all this stuff that is causing anxiety so well so fast forward to you know mary married now i have, have a couple of kids and um, life hits. I, you know, I won't go into it now. I feel like this is a whole other podcast, but we had some pretty significant traumas happen with some family members in our life. Mm-hmm. And a dear friend of ours who is um, really becoming an amazing expert in this. Can we give her space. a shout out? Yeah. She deserves one. I would love to give her a shout out. Yeah, one of my best friends, Erica Zelfand, who's also a naturopathic doctor yeah. and uh, and one of, one of my, just my dearest friends. And uh, we met during medical school and um, yeah, her path has has taken her down this and um she was like hey i really think this you know this is natural medicine and you're a natural medicine doctor i really think this medicine can really help mm-hmm. you and your wife where you're at right now with what you're going through and so yeah we came you know we came back to it and, and that was how many years ago that was i think around 2018 i want to say 2018 okay. 2019 so you did 20 years without roughly yeah yeah almost yeah, probably 18 years i did the I same thing with lsd and I, when i came back i was like what the <laughs> fuck was i doing man i just wasted not wasted but i missed out on a lot of good times yeah, yeah what it, it was a feeling of of like what what did i what yeah. could have been possible yeah. and you know it's okay it yeah, is what okay, it is of course and i'm here and um and now i'm at, i'm so the, the kind of the coming that coming back into my life um I, I just feel like it's so appropriate that Paul Sammons was our like our speaker at our graduation mm, commencement because mm-hmm. it's like now the mushrooms have found their way back into my life and it's at this time where I'm reinventing myself as a doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I realized that for those first the first decade I was way too focused on the physical plane and the physical body mm-hmm. and and food is important. That's what led off this conversation, but it it isn't the be all end all. Like mm-hmm. there's so many people who are eating immaculately you know way better than me even with all my knowledge of, of how it is but they're they're still it doesn't mean they're they're what like it's it's one pillar to, mm. that health rests on i wow i always go I always, into that yeah i always talk about so an analogy that i use with with folks is that health is a lot like a table and that it needs these these pillars of support to hold up the table like mm-hmm. if you don't if that if one of those pillars is kind of weak or, or failing the table gets a little wobbly. If a mm. couple of those are failing, the table tips over. Mm. If if all of them are failing, the table is on the freaking ground. Mm-hmm. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's not up and where it, where it needs to be. And so, nutrition is surely one of those pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if we're just excelling in that area, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, we're struggling. Mm-hmm. You can eat all the kale in the world. It doesn't doesn't. <laughs> it's not gonna be a holistic treatment. You know. <laughs> and and so I was realizing it's like you know there is no shortage of people who will help other people out there you know healers who will help people out there who are struggling 
with these other pillars. It mm-hmm. was becoming really clear to my wife and I as we'd sit across from people. We spent a whole hour with patients, not oh, 15 wow. minutes, not running oh, in and out of yeah, the treatment yeah, room. Yeah. So we really get to know people on our visits, especially if we're working with them for months or even years. You really, I mean, you develop a bond with, mm-hmm. with people. And, and they, even in the first couple of visits, people will, will spill, they will open up and just let, let these things out mm-hmm. that are really, they know kind of deep down what's hampering them. Sometimes it's in the subconscious, but they kind of have a, an idea. And mm-hmm. what we saw was like, man, it, it's not a lack of knowing that people aren't healthy. It's, there's something going on mentally, emotionally, I would say even spiritually in most cases mm-hmm. deeper than that mm-hmm. who's helping them address there and it's like yeah we've got we've got awesome access to therapists in this country there's a wide range of therapists and then you can even go out to to say like yeah if you really want to you can work with somebody and you know energetic medicine and mm-hmm. acupuncturists shamans and, you know th- we we have no shortage of, of that i suppose but in the in the mainstream medicine like it's so physical based and it was it, it was kind of awakening of like, I, I want to go here with people. It, it, it was almost like the patients were, who were sitting across from were kind of compelling us. They were sharing, opening up and sharing this stuff and, and showing us like, here's where the ailment or the illness is like, and then I would here I would be saying, well, we need to add this supplement and we need to eat more. And it's like, wow, what a missed opportunity. Like they're opening the door to go into this mm. and, and I think because I wasn't a trained therapist or, you know, licensed, I, I didn't feel adequate to go there, but we're all humans. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes that gets in the way of letting us just be humans with each other. And so I kind of started to let that guard down. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just hold, hold space. I'm going to be human with this person. I'm going to be, I'm going to show love and compassion to mm-hmm. this person. And it started to bring me down this path of like, this is really where I think people want to be healed. Not everybody. Sometimes it is definitely a, uh, an infection or an illness, a physical ailment. I'm not trying to make it sound like everything is spiritually right. uh, in its root, spiritually right. rooted uh, as a problem. So that was all going on at the same time that we were experiencing our own trauma in our family, um, several back-to-back traumas over a course of several years. And then here's my lovely friend going, hey, let's let's explore this natural medicine together. And, and it, I just saw this beautiful union of, of all of these ways of healing coming together and it's like i want to share this with people i want to i want to help people find this just like she helped us Mm -hmm, find mm -hmm. this i i I can't help but just acknowledge that you know the beautiful synchronicity of erica showing up in my life and connecting us and her being down in jamaica at Maiko right now (laughs) and hoping she's having a really awesome time there and really having such a great time connecting with you all if you would take us into your return hmm. to sacred mushrooms as much as you can, as much as you're yeah. with, I know, like I said, there's a lot of trauma that you're working with on that, but what an interesting experience that must've been having such a long break from something that was so impactful. Yeah. It was, it was magical for this first um, kind of foray back into it. We were at the Oregon coast again. And the Oregon coast is so magical because it's just so vast. And there's, if you go on the right day, there's, I mean, even not on the right day, there's just <laughs> not many people there. Uh-huh. So much wildlife. And it's just so big and raw and rugged, mm. primal almost uh, in its feeling. But um, so we were there and it happened to be just a gorgeous day. Like the sun was out, which is not always the case on the Oregon coast. 
and I don't even, I think the dose is probably somewhere around four or five, if okay. I had to guess. I didn't weigh it out myself. Mm-hmm. I trusted mm-hmm. um, you know, my friend to do that. Was it Cabensis or a different species? Up there, I, actually took, of stuff. I actually chose to take Azis there because oh. we were walking amongst the Azis. Like they yeah. literally grow. Okay. We were at the place where they grow. We weren't picking them. We weren't you uh-huh. know, wild harvesting it. But uh, I was like, you know what? I want to feel what it feels like to be influenced by this mm. while mm. in their space. Like mm. they're growing here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so it was a definitely different. I mean, so many years had passed. I, it was hard to relate it to my earlier experiences mm-hmm. with it, but it felt a little different to me, but it also felt the same. Mm. And I loved how it just immediately stripped all of that seriousness, those serious layers, those heavy layers of life. And I felt like a five-year-old boy again. <laughs> I felt so free and I was running around the beach like a boy and chasing birds and feet just getting dirty with sand everywhere jumping off of dunes observing nature with the wonderment of a four-year-old or five-year-old who's Mm. who's never seen a flock of of 500 pelicans flying (laughs) along the coast like i swear there i don't know if it was just the the mushrooms or me i swear there was 500 pelicans (laughs) or more just like constant stream i was like how are there so many birds (laughs) but erica will probably laugh at that she remembers me commenting on that oh she was with you yeah oh nice Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, again, it was, it was out in nature with trusted friends and just a a really safe space. And it, it, it helped me in a few hours time shed so many layers that were bogging me down. And I was, it's this feeling of being buried alive. Adulthood Mm. can feel like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like one thing happens and then it doesn't get resolved. And then another few things happen. Mm -hmm. And it it literally feels like you're laying there in a pit and people are shoveling dirt on Mm. you. Uh, That's how I, I Mm -hmm. I should say, I Mm -hmm. don't mean to put that on you, but no, I can relate. <laughs> That's, I mean, adulthood. Oh, there goes another one. Yeah, it, it can be. T- oh, there's another shovel full. Oh, there's a dump. Uh, you know, a, a dump truck full. And. That's kind of where we were at. Emma, my wife, and I had been through some pretty, some of the heaviest stuff of our life easily. Mm-hmm. And in for that moment, it it was able to. The, the analogy that I give is it's like a really thick wall starts to form around us because it's a protective mechanism, right? You mm-hmm. go through these traumas mm-hmm. or these difficulties and I'm going to protect myself or whatever mechanism. Um, I'm sure a therapist could talk to that more intelligently than I can right now. But what it did was punch a hole through that wall and I could see out of it again and I could see that spirit, that childlike mm-hmm. spirit, that free spirit before it got heavy mm-hmm. and started, its wings started to break and it was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that is what life is like. And it gives it gives you this gives me this hope to it's like i can get back there i can do this Mm -hmm. again and and something that's like i want to get back there Mm -hmm. it's like this goal that i can see again and so that's what coming back to to the mushroom space was for me Mm -hmm. it was like i and and just because i had that one doesn't mean that you know you know we had that that one um experience on the beach and then we all kind of went back into our lives and you know, the heaviness didn't go away, mm-hmm. but it felt a little bit lighter. And now I had a goal. It was like, I want to get back to that. And, you know, then we, we made some significant changes in our lives and I was really proud of us for making some hard changes. And then we had another massive unforeseen trauma, just a, a total surprise mm-hmm. out of left field. And it was the heaviest thing my family has ever gone through. And it was like, okay, I think I, I want, I want to go back into this medicine space I, it, I'm, I'm feeling that burying feeling again. Like life doesn't stop, you mm-hmm. know? It, mm-hmm. And so, so we did. And it just, it was so, 
without going into the details of the trauma, we, we had a, we had a very sudden and horrific loss mm-hmm. of Emma's mother. And it was so hard to not feel guilt for certain aspects. How could I have done this differently? How could I have shown up differently? How could I have been better? Mm-hmm. Um, what could we have done? Could we have, have protected her differently? It was so hard to not feel guilt around it and be upset at myself, be upset at the person who perpetrated this on her. Um, and it just, again, in the course of like a night with this, it, it kind of dissolved away. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is too good to be underground. This is too good to keep from the world that I have seen too many people suffering and felt helpless as a doctor to help them mm. and seen their helplessness mm. to keep this away from people. Um, and so it sort of evolved out of, out of those, those experiences. And then there were, there were kind of a handful more, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just keeps getting better. Yeah. And, and even just to know that that is there almost like a life raft when, when the dirt does start to come a- again and, and bury me, it's like, I know I have something that I can go to, to get another, to get shaken up a little bit mm-hmm. to give another perspective to strip away the heaviness and be able to go this is the next right course of action mm-hmm. i need to take to give me that truth mm-hmm. again oh. yeah the real crime is that mushrooms are illegal oh my gosh that's the crime yeah i feel that did you experience as you were approaching it and, and after having gone through this, these traumatic experiences did you feel any sort of trepidation were you like, did you feel any like, what's going to come up? Am I going to be you able know, to handle this or? No, I, I feel, I, I hear stories, um, both from you and, and several others where some dark stuff can come up and I feel, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm just blessed or if I've just, I, I've never felt trepidation about mm-hmm. it, about, I'm, I, you know, I take that back there. There's almost like this subconscious every time I'm about to go into into these men there's something that's kind of um what's the right word reluctant that's not that's not quite it there's something there's like a hesitancy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i can't name it though it's not something that i'm really aware of it what i imagine is it's like this this kind of frail little pathetic ego mm-hmm. this little old man in me who's like no you can't do that <laughs> and, it, and it's like you know i'm gonna be destroyed if you do that and and not to vilify the ego i think we have an ego for a purpose it just gets out of balance for sure and that's when it's a, a hindrance to us but there's something that does kind of resist it or get mm-hmm. probably gets a little nervous about letting go too because mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much of this medicine is is learning to let go and that is conditioned like crazy in me to like no you need to mm-hmm. have this under control to protect yourself and to get your way and um so there there is that but never I think your question was more aimed at like, are you afraid of what you're going to see? Mm-hmm, or, yeah. And never, mm-hmm. never, even when it's hard, I, it feels good. It feels mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm embracing truth and, and reality mm-hmm. instead of turning away from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I feel, I feel very blessed. Like I've never come face to face with the devil and had, or the demons, right. And had to face them. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, even if I do, I welcome it because I've always come out of, the mushroom space feeling better mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. It's, uh, I think it can take some getting used to for a lot of people. Um, especially when we're used to controlling every aspect of our lives and we're not accustomed to, 
the, the difficulties that can arise. And I would suspect that maybe in your medical practice and seeing some of the suffering that you've seen, knowing that this is always good for you, uh, maybe kind of helps to allow in that early letting go. And then maybe we just need to give you higher doses and scare the shit yeah. out of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. But but no, to kind of touch on something you were just saying there, I I have sat across and and felt the emotions, have seen the tears, have shed the tears with people that I'm in, in not in mushrooms, but you know, just mm-hmm. in, in my practice. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear to me what happens when we try to stuff away these dark places, mm-hmm. these shadows, these mm-hmm. demons, whatever you want to call it, whatever makes whatever word makes sense. It's very clear to me what what results. Mm-hmm. And yes, it can be intimidating to go into a space where you are relinquishing control and to face them. But the the alternative is just to live with them in there mm-hmm. and delude ourselves mm-hmm. to thinking that we're in control or that we are choosing our path in life when they really have a, we're allowing them to still have a hand on the wheel if we don't deal with them. So true. That that's why I think ultimately I don't like bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on because I, I want to take back that wheel. Like maybe that darkness still gets to be somewhere in the car, but you get to sit in the fucking trunk. You don't get to be on the wheel with word. Wow. Yeah. Um, And I want to help. I want to, I've, I've seen so many people that are struggling to take that back and it's like, what a honor to be able to, mm-hmm. I know you've helped thousands mm-hmm. with this. Like what an honor mm-hmm. to be able to help them kind of reclaim that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me of that. Well, multiple times of hearing the similar you know, thing that secrets breed sickness. It's the darkness. It's not shining the light. And I've always had this. Well, for a very long time, I've had this experience of sacred mushrooms as this kind of flashlight that's going through and just shining it Mm -hmm. in all the corners and just there's up there's a cobweb there's all the little dust let's just clean that out uh such a wonderful medicine and it and our conversation over the last few days has really encouraged me to think about other modalities to bring into mushroom space you know i've become you know pretty skilled in working in that space but also recognize that that's it's just one leg, like mm-hmm. you say, of of a, of a healthy human. And so how to incorporate other aspects of wellness into the psychedelic lifestyle uh, and into my own understanding of how to help people has been kind of reignited. You know, what got me into psilocybin was not really a love for altered states or anything like that. It was medicinal mushrooms. You know, I loved the fact that mushrooms were such powerful healers and cancer being what it is and the autoimmune diseases and all these things that mushrooms are so uh, powerful at warding off or repairing damage from. And that was my, that was my passion for years and then started to get more exposure to psilocybin and just kind of felt really comfortable in that space and felt like, okay, this is, this is where you need to go with this for now. Uh, but yeah, considering how to bring more of that nutritional aspect back into my world. So, you know, both of us kind of balancing perspectives here and being able to offer people a wider range of healing potential 
so to bring it back to bring it full circle to what we let off with which is this idea of food as medicine mm -hmm. so it's it's awesome that now you can you like finding mushrooms are you can find powdered mushrooms at grocery stores mm -hmm. you can order paul stamets pills or you know many any other mm -hmm. manufacturers make make pills and it's and it's great but we got to be careful about doing what the conventional model is is sort of guilty of doing which is is going okay i'm, I'm only going to change this about my life mm -hmm. oh i found turkey tail now i'm going to take this and i'm going to get cancer mm -hmm. it's like well, if you're drinking a 64 ounce big gulp every day and you're taking the turkey tails, it might offset some of that, but you also get to evaluate the nutritional yeah. leg too. You know, yeah. it's like you get to look at the whole, the yes. whole you know, or if you're eating, you know, these, these, um, vegetable oils that are in anything with a, that comes in a bag or a box at the grocery store, mm -hmm. most likely has a vet, some kind of vegetable oil in it that mm -hmm. is, we know is just toxic for mm -hmm. us ultimately. Like no amount of, 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 of these mushrooms is, are, is it, how big of a dent is it going to make? Right. Like we get to have a, you know, the, say what uh, you will about the word holistic, but the idea is, is like addressing all, yes. all of the legs. Yes. And you're, some of the listeners today might be wondering, Derek, what are some of the other legs? And so like, I'm still kind of fleshing out this model for myself, but just to kind of go through other legs of that mm -hmm. table. So I would definitely say nutrition is mm -hmm. one of them. I would call movement one of them. Mm -hmm. What somebody, some people might call exercise, but exercise can be a, a really off-putting word. But mm -hmm. our bodies are meant to move. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to sit all day. We're not meant to stand all day. We're not meant to run all day. Mm -hmm. a, ver a variety of movements. So movement is a big one. Uh, loving relationships. Mm -hmm. So like community mm -hmm. is, is a massive one. Like, the healthiest person in the world, if you could put, put them in a cabin alone in the woods, right. they will waste away. Yeah. Uh, um, another one is, um, is, is what we're talking about today, which is evaluating these, this, these, these dark spaces, the, the mental, emotional, spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole, that's a whole other leg. Um, and then I'm, I'm drawing a blank on kind of the other ones right now, but what I, the main thing I want to get across is that table sits on a foundation and as my, I'm, this is hard for me to hear, hear myself even say, I have to say it to patients, but this is something I struggle with personally. That foundation is actually sleep. If sleep is mm. faltering, all the other ones falter. Hmm. This is something I've come to realize both as okay. a hard truth for myself. The mushrooms helped me realize this. Yeah. Um, something I've realized just in talking with patients and seeing where, what was, why aren't these other, I'm, I've, I've wow. helped them get all these other legs strong. Oh, it, it, you could call it sleep, call it adequate rest. Uh -huh. We need time to, to recharge. We, we need to, so much more. We are not just cell phones. And at night, you know, we plug in our cell phones so we can have them good for the next day. We aren't just recharging when we're sleeping. We are, it's when we're detoxing. It's when the immune mm -hmm. system is, is on full force. I often give the analogy of what the hell would New York city look like if, the whole, you know, New York city is the city that never sleeps because during the daytime, it's all, everything's getting all messed up and used up and all the activities happening at night, a whole other legion of people come out and right. get the city ready for the next day. Well, what does that look like in your body? If let's say New York starts cutting the hours of that, of those people, of those yeah. workers who are that, that, that whole army that's coming out, resetting the city for the next day. So we go, Oh, you, you have eight hours. Oh, now you only have six hours. Nope. Now you only have four hours every day wow. for months and months what is that city going to start to look like imagine that yeah Either the trash is going to pile up the floors are not going to get cleaned the stuff that's that's breaking down might not get repaired like the next day the city's not as ready as it needs to be yeah 
So that's, that's an analogy that usually when I share with people, they start to go, oh, wow, I am shortchanging the night that's shift. That's incredibly insightful. It, it's so much more than recharging our phone as, mm-hmm. when we're sleeping. And then don't even get me started on, on dream work and processing mm-hmm. what, what's happening throughout. The, and that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'm probably not the most suitable for, but we need to find somebody who is because there's, there's all of this processing of emotions mm-hmm. and thoughts. And there's some people that, you know, there's a whole other life happening in sleep. Third of our lives. World. Right. But, but not just time, but like we're living out another part oh, of our yeah. life in yeah. sleep. You know, we're, we're, we're in another world and another realm, if you will. Um, again, that's, that's for another podcast, but no, that's excellent. That is the foundation of the table. Wow. And there are more legs there that I'm, I'm just nature. I'm thinking about being out in nature. That's, like that's huge. another one. Uh, but th- this sleep thing is something that in the last couple of years has really, I've become awoken to the value of sleep but you know i grew up in a home that was like you know get up at five o'clock and go to work you go to sleep stay up as stay up as late as you can like we just underslept so much and i feel like only in the last year and a half since i've been back from jamaica really that i've been able to start catching up on the sleep deficit and i feel a world different getting good sleep oh if the world leaders all got adequate sleep we'd probably have pretty close to world peace i would i would argue wow what a thing to think about can you imagine well that, and that, that, and psilocybin. that just that just, yeah. <laughs> that, that just speaks to the reality that oftentimes the things that we dismiss or neglect or we think are the least important are some of the most foundational you know like yeah you're cranky if you don't sleep enough or you know whatever you're not running it you're often will speed or whatever you want to say but that is just a surface level when you think about the potential impact that it has on your overall health you know we just dismiss sleep and and burn the candle burn both ends or burn mm-hmm. the midnight oil or whatever it is that you know we've incorporated into our culture that makes us feel like we're being more productive we're being better humans if we don't sleep and we just keep working and just keep going just you know Wow, something to really think about there. There's a lot, and, Thanks. and that and that's one of those truths that that psilocybin space, mushroom space, has has really mm. awoken in me. Is is it's like you you need. Oh, that's one of the pillars: self love. Oh my mm. gosh, loving yourself and all of the that that actually might be the foundation, mm. arguably, because mm-hmm. you, in order to be pushing off your body's need for adequate rest mm-hmm. there's got to be a certain amount of self-sabotage yeah, taking place true. to be ignored this comes back to that point you were you were talking mm-hmm. about about you know that native intelligence mm-hmm. of like intuition and these types of things of listening to these subtle signals that our body is saying of like no you need rest right now mm-hmm. i mean how many times have you like now i'm i got to get that report out i'm going to push mm-hmm. through and mm-hmm. and it's like but if you just went to sleep and woke up and did it early the next morning yeah might be, be better. better yeah or You'd probably write a better report if you just got some sleep tonight, woke up and did it tomorrow, yeah. you know, even though it might be a little bit late. Yeah. Wow. Those kinds of things. Hmm. So Erica also brought us together, which yeah. is, you know, beautiful thing. And you're here in Kentucky all the way from Bend, Oregon. Uh, it's yeah. been really wonderful just getting to know you and your wife in person. We've been, you said you all have been on how many of the Sunday I think 13 or 14 now. Really? Services, yeah. Yeah, so Sanctuary is how we know each other. Uh, You all have been really active members from the start. And I'd love if you just share uh, for 
for for all of us, the audience, and it's not really a promotional for for sanctuary, um, but this is something that the world needs, yeah. and you all, you all have seemed to really to feel that and to jump right into it, uh, which has been reinforcement for us to know that okay, yeah, good people will keep coming into this and saying this is what we need, this is what the world needs, so. Keep going. Keep doing yeah. it. So just yeah, share some of your experience with Sanctuary, maybe what's meant to you and Emma. Yeah, I, I do want to promote Sanctuary. I know it probably comes weird coming from you, but I man, I really do want to just highlight how much it's meant to me these past several months. We, we recently moved, and we left behind what was, I would call it, a wonderful spiritual home that held us, that, that community held us through the hardest thing our family has ever faced mm. um, for all of us as a whole unit and moving from there. That's the thing I missed the most and, and was the hardest thing to leave was knowing that we were leaving these people who were holding us so nicely. And then almost immediately upon moving through Erica, we, we found you all and started becoming part of this and it, it was almost seamless and it, mm. it just feels going, go, going back to that. One of those pillars, one of those legs that I talked about of loving relationships to know that every Sunday I have a space that I can go into and open up and genuinely authentically share, not be judged to be held, respected, um, healed by so often we're healed by just sharing the, th mm -hmm. just vocalizing the things that are holding us down or holding us back. And to know that I have that every Sunday is really hard to put a price on. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. invaluable. Mm -hmm. And then to know that it's combined with, this natural medicine as a natural doctor, I, I see mushrooms as natural medicine. It might be some of the purest medicine mm. that there is. They've far outlived any medicine the humans have ever created. Mm -hmm. And to know that it's combined with that and just the, the growth opportunity there for all of us, to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I just, I can't tell you how much I love it. Thank you. Oh man. Thank you. Like I said, it's such an encouragement to have, have individuals like yourself continuing to show up for this and just being the community. That's that's what it's all about uh, and loving seeing that grow. And now, you know, us being here together physically for the last whatever, four or five days that it is, it's going to be very different seeing you all on the Zoom screen now, you know? Yeah. And this is what, this is so much what Courtney and I, needed and were missing in our work abroad and so to have i don't know it doesn't feel like we're creating it it feels like we are creating it you know like the community itself is it's, creating, it's creating it. itself yeah yeah i would even argue, i mean and i know you said this to me i think that, that to some extent the mushroom is, is creating it the, the um the human element combined mm -hmm. with the mushroom it's mm -hmm. not you know i don't want to give all the credit to the mushroom but mm -hmm. it is that synergy mm -hmm. of what happens when thoughtful spiritual intention and human um intuition and ingenuity come together mm -hmm. is just a beautiful thing this is the stuff of life like what what we are doing here mm -hmm. in in this church and, uh, you know, something that we haven't talked about, and this is a slight tangent, I know we're kind of wrapping up, but I feel like I, I need to say this, sure. is that it, it, I went from feeling like a criminal participating with an illicit substance mm. when I, you know, when I was taking this both as in college and then when it came back into my life before becoming a sanctuary member, 
I went, I went from feeling, I, I couldn't help every time I was kind of weighing it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am, I'm a criminal dealing mm-hmm. with illicit substance. But now when I'm participating in it, it feels sacred. Mm-hmm. I feel safe. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels like it is my right. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a whole, it's developing a whole other relationship with this medicine uh, that I wish for humanity. And you think that being a part of sanctuary has, is, is part of oh, that yeah. change in perspective? Yeah. 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 Because before, you know, it, it, because of the laws and because of the way the laws are written and, and mm-hmm. how they're enforced, I've, it felt like a criminal yeah, activity wow. of sorts. Oh, wow. Deep down, I knew it was like, this is not bad. I'm, mm-hmm. What I'm doing with it is not bad. I'm extremely responsible with it. Um, you know, my kids are being cared for by other people. I'm not, you know, <laughs> raising my kids on mm-hmm. it. I'm not driving on it. You know, mm-hmm. like there wasn't any of that. I was being incredibly cautious and responsible with it. However, um, I didn't have this community that I was doing with it. Now it feels, what I imagine it feel, feel, mm-hmm felt more like for humans before this became an outlawed mm-hmm. before this became an illicit substance wow our 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 relationship with it as it always has been throughout human history human mushroom history and then only recently changed in the 60s mm-hmm. 70s whatever mm-hmm. and then is now starting to reawaken and i'd be i'd be very proud to be a part of this reawakening and helping others feel safe with this medicine again and grow with this medicine again man that means as much as anything to realize that you and certainly others must be having a perspective shift around their own relationship cognitively to this experience even though it has been a spiritual experience for you to be able to say that i it it takes away being a part of this intentional spiritual community centered around psilocybin takes away this remnants of, I don't know if you would say shame or guilt, but, um, illicitness, you know, because it is, like you said, that this is our right as humans and we need each other to validate and evaluate ourselves. So to know that sanctuary can help you just feel better about your own spiritual practice while you come and be a part of the spiritual community is that's a, that's a rewarding in ways that I never even ever considered, you know, I mean, I can understand because when I went to Jamaica and I was like, sweet, no more thought about the cops. Um, and I do feel that here, and it's helping me realize that, you know, this intentional community has, has is helping me kind of just leave all that cultural baggage around the drug culture behind. Because this is not a drug. Mm-hmm. No, this is a sacrament. This is a, a, a food that is a medicine, that is a sacred plant, a sacred organism that allows us to experience the truth of what it means to be human. And that is there anything more sacred than that? Everything, when everything else is distracting us and mm-hmm. everything else is convincing us that we're something that we're not, to have such a simple organism that you can go to and commune with and reconnect with our own personal divinity, the cosmic divinity, you can't, that, that is a sacrament. 
So, wow. Thank you, Derek. It's really awesome. Do want to wrap up with the uh, what psilocybin mm. says to you. Um, but, it, you know, just want to say, man, I, I, you all have been such a welcome contribution to Sanctuary just in the, the, the space that you hold. Just like, you know, in those videos, seeing you and Emma sit there and really, really listen to people and really just be there for and with people as they go through some pretty challenging topics. I mean, you've you've heard already. We've had some people talk about it and you all have talked about some pretty painful stuff in those Zoom calls. Uh, and just the way that you all show up from the beginning has been just really outstanding, as with so many people in our community. And it just speaks to the quality of what we're creating. It is an affirmation to Courtney and I knowing that we and Athena that we are building a community that brings out the best in people and helps people give a place to be their best self. So anyway, as, really as our, it. as our dear friend Erica always says, everyone is fighting a great battle mm-hmm. and this is uh, this is medicine in, in those struggles. So to answer your question, what psilocybin says to me, the, the overarching theme on that first experience that I, that I talked about being underneath that mother tree mm-hmm. with the branches hugging us down to the ground. And even now today when I'm in mushroom space is connectedness. Mm. It is the overarching feeling every time is connect connectedness with all things. And when I feel that so much comes from that, it's like love, mm. compassion, forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, just joy, all just all the stuff of life. Mm. But that is kind of, I, I feel like how I imagine the mycelium feels hmm. when I'm in that, like that is the overarching theme. And I imagine myself sometimes as the mycelium because mm-hmm. it isn't this lone entity and the dirt in and of itself. It is connecting all of these different mm-hmm. points. Where does the tree end and the mycelium begin? And so too with humans, mm-hmm. so too in this life. Um, and so that is what it says to me. Mm. They are such wonderful teachers. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. And the beating-